The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. There is a sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended and turn this off immediately. If you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture, then stick around. This is the Armed Citizen Podcast. What is going on, my ghost squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast Live. This is episode number 239. Today's date is Tuesday, April 26, 2022. We are live as always over on YouTube and on Facebook. So if you're out there in the live chat, go ahead and say something. We don't know that you're out there unless you do. If you're watching in replay, listening in podcast form, Utilize the comment section below. The conversation doesn't have to stop now. So utilize the comment section. And if you're out there on the podcast form, they give you an opportunity to rate us or whatever. Go ahead and do that. That helps us the, the Al Gore rhythms for the uh, podcast side. If you'd like to call or text into the show. Yes, yes, you can call or text in. Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates at Aegis Gun Care. That number is 530-364-4678. If you're a veteran, really anybody, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole, you're in the darkness and you're looking for the light, questioning if there's light out there, call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you medical advice, but I sure as hell could probably be a good ear to listen and talk you through some stuff. If you are looking for someone that can get you some medical attention, please remember two things. One, you are not alone in this fight. You have a lot of brothers and sisters out here that are willing and able to help you in any way. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please, please, I implore you, utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. Veterans, press the number one. As always, we spotlight the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title United States Marine, check out the website marines.com. And as always, we are a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Please go check out all the awesome content over on selfdefenseradio.net. Holy cow, I got through it that time without like any mistakes. That was like first time in a long time. I actually get breathing all that. So yay, yay, yay. Uh, get this off of my ugly mug and we're going to bring in some of our guys that are always here, our buddies, and then our special guests. But first we've got... Um, from gear report our buddy tj what's going on tj not much man living the life down here how is how is flow rider down there dude it's awesome it's awesome everybody's on the the battle with uh desantos right now yeah yeah (laughs) we're gonna talk a little about desantos i think he's he's probably got a pretty decent shot at making a run i think in 2024 as of right now um that's what i hear a lot i i hear that a lot that he needs to stay in florida but he builds a really nice holster i hear oh jeez oh wow okay (laughs) can i go ahead and mute his ass well you you have Uh, the power you can i do have the i have the power the (laughs) he-man all right all right and um riding shotgun with us as always the tactical virus i mean leprechaun from the great state of texas What's up, Clove? How you doing? What up? 
Not much, man. What uh, our weekly installment? Uh, Clover always brings a shotgun of the week for the you fuds out there. So, King Fud, what is a shotgun of the week? Let's go with the Grisson MC three twelve Goose. The Goose was so that look like about a twenty eight inch? What is that? Thirty. Oh, a thirty. Interesting chamber, inertia driven. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Rod out there says, yo, 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 gents. I think Rod is mistaken. He's bringing the three yo entrance that is required on Thursday's gear report chat. I recommend the single or the double yo entrance. We do not require the three yo entrance. So, um, I said the bar low, bro. Understand like people that watch my shit, like they're with the same like brain length as mine. So I got to set the bar as low as I can. So it is what it is. Um, all right. And our special guest tonight, um, we, we talked, uh, at the gathering, uh, a, a month, about a month or so ago, um, Chris Stroop with Stroop knives and, uh, has some awesome, awesome knives that were on display there in South Carolina. I'm going to bring him in. Not only are we going to talk about knives, but obviously we're going to give Chris a chance to talk about his company and all that here in a minute. But uh, welcome, Chris. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. Absolutely. Yeah, it's fun. Well, we're going to have a good time. We want to talk about knives and all that. And I said, you know, I need to go get someone who makes knives. And I remember, hey, I, I met some, saw some cool knives down the gathering, so I reached out. So thanks for coming on. Um, we'll have a good time talking about knives and, and your company as well. So, uh, yeah, like I said, thanks for coming on. So now Crystal's just being a smart ass. I don't know what you can do about this, TJ, but you need to take care of your woman. I'm just saying. Now I think she's blatantly giving us the three yo hellos. Yep. She's been very oh, Holy Cole's out there. What's up, Cole? If you guys know Cole Kornberg, uh, a lot of you guys probably know Cole. Cole's out there on the Facebook sign. What's up, homie? Need to get him back on the show. Um, now he says that was out of respect for TJ. Stop kissing TJ's ass. It's all good. All right. You guys know before we get going every week, we do our polls every Thursday, Saturday, and Monday. We put our polls up in the community tab over on YouTube. And we have a little fun with it. And uh, so let's get over to the community tab and bring up the polls from this past week. Um, let's see here. Last Thursday, we have our first polls got over a thousand votes. And it says, of these, and notice I didn't say who is, because aside from Conan, I think I, I try to make it to where these were previous late night hosts. But who was your favorite late night host? Jay Leno, Johnny Carson, Craig Ferguson, Conan O'Brien, or David Letterman? I want to start out with our guest real quick. Chris, if you had to watch one of those late night hosts, do you have a favorite of those? Ooh, nope. I don't watch a lot of TV. I got a bunch of little kids. I understand. <laughs> and I don't uh, sit trust well. I, get it. I understand that. Uh, TJ, what about you? Of that list, do you have one of those your favorite? Uh, old school, Carson's. You know, Carson was so quick. He was so good. Um, he yeah. was as dirty as you could be back then, where, where you couldn't be dirty at all. Uh, I remember yeah. he had a thing called the Fagawi Indians, and he would go, oh, how the Fagawi? And he'd say it really fast where it sounded like, you know, and <laughs> they, they would try to get him. He's like, I said the Fagawi, the Fagawi Indians. Uh, he was pushing the envelope at all times. But, yeah, yeah. Carson was they could great. Do it. They could do it back then, though. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Clove, you got a special place in your heart for any of those guys? I don't know about special place in the heart, but, um, <laughs> you know, out of those, I, you know, yeah, I gotta go, gotta go old school. Gotta go Carson. Yeah. I, I, I love Carson. Um, overall, you probably got to go Carson Letterman. I was a huge fan of Letterman just because Letterman brought like modern music. He'd bring on like awesome bands, like bands that nobody else would bring onto their show. Um, Letterman was great. And I tell you, as far as just watching just great clips, if you guys have never seen or heard of Craig Ferguson, Craig Ferguson was hilarious and probably the dirtiest mind of all of them. And he had no problem flirting with his guests. Craig Ferguson, if you guys do yourself a favor, you don't know who he is, just YouTube, not now, but later. YouTube, Craig Ferguson, you guys, you're welcome. Just say that. But, uh, yeah, Craig Ferguson was great. Right now, Carson leads the way at 34%. Jay Leno comes in at 25%. Uh, Conan O'Brien at 22%. Letterman at 12 and Craig Ferguson at 7 I'm a little disturbed about Jay Leno at 12 coming in second. I, I, I just, I never was a Leno fan. I don't know why. I don't know. There's something about him. I, I couldn't handle the voice. Yeah. The squeaky. Yeah. Sure me crazy. Sounds like, you know, they, they, Craig Ferguson used to make fun of him and said, it sounded like there was a beat. Hey, 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 guys, hey guys. So they, they called it the Jay Leno B. It sounded like there was just a B flying around him all the time. Hey, this is hilarious, but yeah. Oh yeah. Uh it is what it is. Uh all right, our second our second one of these of these which is your favorite cereal? Lucky Charms, Fruit Loops, Cheerios, Cinnamon Toast Crunch or Wheaties? Uh Chris, do you eat cereal? Oh yeah. Not often, but sometimes you got kids, you know. Yeah. Fruit Loops is my favorite. Yep. I think that was one of the options, right? Yeah, it was for sure. Especially yeah, when I used to twenty-four hour duty, and you sit there and eat a whole bag of it while you're sitting at the desk. <laughs> this is true. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure that in the army was a duty was the same as it was in the marines. It just sucked. It just sucked. So um, yeah, and we didn't have back then when I was in. They didn't have like delivery food. Maybe you could get pizza delivered, but most of the time it wasn't delivered. So whatever you brought, you brought. So. Uh, yeah, you get one of those snack packs of like little small boxes of cereal that had a bunch of different ones. Oh man, go to town on those. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Clover. Clover. I'm not going to lie. Clover had 27 boxes of cereal. This 12. Weekend. There was only 12. I only bought he's 12. not kidding. He literally bought 12 yeah. boxes. This was a cheat weekend and he decided to go all in on the cereal. I so had... he bought 12 yeah different boxes of cereal yep between saturday and sunday i think i ate like 15 bowls of cereal something like that it was glorious he might have a problem just saying might have a problem get cereal but once a year and that's not enough i i decided so i rectified that this weekend all right so what's your favorite cereal since you got any of them come on it's It's gotta be lucky charms with the clover you know it has to be right yeah. Gotta be, yeah, yeah. Um, TJ, what's your favorite cereal? Fruit Loops, baby. Out, out of out of those, Fruit Loops. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's go through this real quick. If you, TJ, if you could have your choice of a cereal, what would it be? Fruity Pebbles. 
It's the same damn thing as Fruit Loops. It's just shaped differently. Way sweeter, though. Yeah, it is. Way sweeter. It's more concentrated, I think, because it's all smashed down. And then you you get to drink the milk afterwards. Mm. Cocoa Pebbles with the milk, though, is the greatest, I think. I'm getting hungry right now. I'm going to get some Fruity Pebbles. So I went and bought some a few days last week. I don't know if you've got them where you guys are. I know they do where Clover is. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm a big fan everyone knows this tj especially of wendy's frosties there is a wendy's frosties cereal out so i had to go try it and i'm gonna let clover talk about because he tried it as well and if someone would ask me was it awesome the answer is yes and no no because it does not taste like a frosty okay it's not the yes, it is great. Is it's fantastic. My favorite cereal of all time is is Count Chocula, but I only get that during the month of October. But to me, the frosty cereal tastes just like Count Chocula, so it's a win. It's a win for me. Would you think? Would you think of the Wendy's Frosty cereal, Clove? I think it. You're right. It's disappointing because it's labeled as Wendy's Frosty and. The only thing better than a Wendy's Frosty is a Krispy Kreme donut dunked in a Wendy's Which we tried in Tulsa. So I got to think now, you got me thinking, what if you put Wendy's Frosty cereal in Bluebell homemade ice cream? Now we're talking. Mm. Right. Right. That's some serious. that, that, That might break the matrix. Possibly. Possibly. That could break the matrix. Holy and then shit. dip the Krispy Kreme donut in that. Oh, oh my God. It's it's a heart attack waiting to happen, but it might be the oh, way to go. Oh, <laughs> Our, uh We had 1.1 thousand votes. People have way too much time on their hands. Over a thousand people voted on this one. Uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch coming in at 44%. Overwhelmingly the number one pick. Uh, Lucky Charms and Fruit Loops tie at 19%. Cheerios at 16% and Wheaties. Now, I will say that my typical go-to uh, just on every, you know, when I buy cereal, which isn't very often, when I do buy cereal, uh, it's either Wheaties or Rice Checks. I'm pretty bland when it comes to that, but, um, you know, I'll every now and then I'll get some like Honeycomb or Corn Pops or Fruit Loops or whatever, just kind of throw them in there, but... Wheaties and uh, rice checks are typically my go-to. I know that sounds boring and disgusting, but I like it. So that's what it is. Our last poll before we get into the discussion, I'm sure Chris is going, what the hell are we doing here? Um, This is going to be 15 minutes of your life. You're never getting back. I'm just saying. Um, But our last one is, what is your favorite shotgun gauge? Our choices are 12, 20, 28, 410, or other yes we gave you an other tj i'm gonna start with you what's your favorite gauge uh, 12 gauge all the way 12 gauge all the way clove what about you i know what he's gonna say i think 28 oh i was wrong i thought you're gonna say the gentleman's gauge which is 16 right yeah but that wasn't an option was it other oh well yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still i still prefer a 28 man 28 awesome all right, all right, Chris. Do you have a favorite shotgun gauge? Definitely twelve. Yeah. Do you? Uh, so let's kind of go real quick. Do you? I'll start with Chris. Do you prefer 
like a pump action or over under break action or semi-auto what kind of shotgun if you could just have one which one would you go with pump action it's always going to work it's easy so that's the revolver of shotguns is what you're saying definitely in my opinion right i don't know i've never had issues with them no no I, i i agree uh tj if you could pick mm, one style and only one, 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 it would be probably probably semi-auto. Semi-auto. I, yeah. I love my like an AR style or the regular style. Yeah, just yeah, semi-auto. I love, I love my dad's uh, Remington eleven hundred. I love that thing. Okay. Classic right. shoots. I mean, never had any issues with it. I don't think I've cleaned yeah. it actually. So, but still works. Yeah. Uh, Clove the the shotgun snob. What uh what do you what do you say? What was your favorite style of shotgun? If you could just have one. NA-28 gauge? Are we tied to our favorite gauge here? No, just what's your favorite kind of shotgun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I really do like an over-under, so I'm going to go over-under. Oh, there you go. There you go. It really doesn't matter. Um, Calaveras out there says, Clover, what's the biggest gauge shotgun you are aware of? Six. So there's not a four? Uh, I'm not going to say there never was. Okay, well, because someone in the comments mentioned a four. Because a I lot of love for the sixteen um, in the in the other comments, but there were a couple, if I remember, that said four gauge. Uh, a lot of ten gauges and sixteen though. Um, it's also a thirty-two gauge. In the uh, really, but that's like, like kids or something or what? Uh, it's in between the uh, twenty-eight to four ten. So yeah, so. There you go. All right. Well, those are our poll. Oh, by the way, 12 gauge overwhelmingly with 85%, over 1.3 thousand votes, 85% to 12 gauge, uh, 20 gauge at 9%, 410 at 4%, other at 2%. The overwhelming part of that was 16. And then Clover's favorite, the 28 gauge coming in dead ass last at one. Lack of shotguns out there in it. If there oh, was yeah. more shotguns in it, I got a feeling there would be more uh, more people that were into it. <clears throat> yeah, they all, they all voted for 12-gauge. You know, it's just kind of like a 9mm or a 308. Like, you know, that's kind of, if you're going to go shotgun, that's the one that most people know, you know. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So, there, like I said, there's 18 minutes and 39 seconds of time. You are never ever getting back in your life so thanks for wasting it with us let's dive into tonight's topic and we're talking knives and um everyone likes knives whether you know it's just one of those things where i'm, I'm a knife crazy i've got different kind of knives uh, and all that we talked a little bit last week about knife blade styles like what's our favorite knife blade that was on a pole and all that um before chris i want to bring you in and before you let you talk about your company and how it started and all that um just real quick off the bat if you had a specific type of blade style do you have a favorite style of blade Mm, yeah just an everyday carry knife you can put on your belt or your kit okay so you want what i would carry if i could only pick one knife yeah, do you have like a do you like certain blade styles like drop point or tontos or does it matter? It doesn't matter. Yep. I mean they all have better uses, but I just like that I got a really bad memory. 
<laughs> and I don't know what the name of that shape is on the blade. But yeah, it no, comes I hear you. For a lot of things, you can open people or boxes or MREs <laughs> or, or envelopes. Yeah, or MREs. Yeah, but especially people. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that will punch. That will punch some holes. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, you guys have some amazing knives, and I'm going to give you a chance to let you tell people about your background. Um, I know uh, we're, we're not going to get into too much of your military career. Let's just say that he was. Uh, in the Army Special Forces community, and that's about all we're going to say. But I want to let you talk about your background, um, how the knife company came about, and we'll talk a little about your products and all that, and then we'll kind of just dive into to fun knife questions. So guys out there in the chat, if you haven't, I want to be putting links out to your social media, your website, and all of that while you're talking. If you guys have questions for Chris or for any of us and talk about knives, but especially uh, Stroop Knives, then put them out there in the chat and we'll make sure that those get answered. But Chris, I'm going to give you a few minutes to kind of tell people about you and the company. Sure. So I'll just start by talking about how we started. I was on a TDY trip, temporary duty in the army and I was bored out of my mind and just started watching how to make knife YouTube videos and decided that, I mean, that's something I could do. So my ex-wife told me I was an idiot and that I'd never be any good at it. <laughs> and she told me I couldn't spend the hundred bucks on a couple of files and a piece of steel, but you know, I just went for it. And my oldest son and I, he was probably about seven at the time, just went out in the garage and started hand filing our first knife together. It turned out decent. By the third knife I made, we brought it into the team room at work and people loved him. So we just kept making them and refining. At that time I was active duty army, deploying all the time and coming and going for work. And then about 2019, I got medboarded from the army or started the medboard process. And we became real estate agents, which was terrible. We made a bunch of money though and set it all aside so that way we can start the knife making business full time. Nice. Real estate was kind of fun. I met a lot of good people and learned a lot about how to be a business, but it just sucks your soul. The knife making is relaxing. So at yeah, that point, we were in a two car garage. Good. Oh, no, I just, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and finish. <laughs> we were in a two-car garage with no employees. That was one year ago, uh, a year and a month. Now we're in about a 2,000-square-foot shop with six employees, and we're looking to add a metal building next to us, about four times the size of what we currently have. And oh, we're wow. just having fun cruising along. We hire mostly veterans and law enforcement officers. So we find people that are kind of lost. They get out and... You know, the guys that's taking their kid to school and picking their kids up and have nothing to do during the day and they're lost and need somewhere to be. So we like to hire those guys and give them a place to be, something they can be proud of and provide them a purpose. So a big goal of mine is to grow this company as big as I can so we can hire more and more veterans and help them out. And that's it just awesome. provides a fun awesome. work environment because we can all talk crap and hang out and make fun of each other. And we all know that we can get busy and work hard. So it's just a fun environment. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that because I was having a discussion with a friend of mine who's not a veteran or anything, uh, but he owns a business and we were talking and, you know, and we were talking, he, he he's big on hiring veterans, uh, even though he's not one himself. And the biggest reason, and, and it's true, he says there's two or three characteristics of most veterans that he looks for in any employee. One time management like cares about being on time if you're 10 minutes early you're late type thing but he knows he's never gonna have to worry about a veteran kind of showing up he's gonna be there he's gonna be there on time 
work ethic. They work their asses off. And more importantly, they know how to work as a team. And those three things are three characteristics that I think is missing with a lot of the younger generation. They don't understand about working as a team. They don't value time and their work ethic. They'll work hard if they think it's going to benefit them. They don't necessarily work hard just to work hard. So, um, yeah, I, I appreciate, and I think everyone out there appreciates the fact that you you put an emphasis. Now, obviously, if there's someone extremely qualified that's not a veteran or LEO, then they can make your company better. Obviously, you're going to make that higher. But I love the fact that maybe there's an emphasis on at least searching for qualified veterans and LEO. So that's awesome. Uh, Mr. FNH out there says, thank you for your service, Patriots. I've been working in a barn while listening. I was never going to get this time back anyway. So there you go. Um, so I've got your website up here, um, GP one, GP two, the mini blades, uh, you got all sorts of awesome blades. And I was really, really uh, a fan of your blades. When I saw you had a whole bunch of them there at the gathering, um, what was, let's, let's go back to the beginning and we'll talk about something differently, but what was the first, do you remember which blade was your first knife that you ever made? Not for the company, just you in like learning how to make a blade. Do you remember what it was? It's a lot like the GP1 that you have on the screen there. Okay. Let me uh, pull this up and go into. Pretty similar to that shape. Go. It's To me, when I think of a generic knife, that's what popped into my head. So the yeah, it's kind of uh, um, a simple, all you know, do all kind of a blade style. Um, obviously you have different kind of, of handles, different material, different color. Um, explain to me your take on a blade, uh, that might be different than other companies, uh, when they're, when they're forging or making their blades, what kind of brings yours a little bit different than most? We like to design our knives with a purpose, right? So the GP one is a general purpose one. It's a knife you can take camping or hunting. It's kind of a general purpose. It'll serve most of your needs. Not, I wouldn't recommend that one to put on your kit and go on a deployment. But that one's more tailored towards the outdoorsman. And then like the mini, right? This one, it's the size of my hand. So it's little. It's designed to fit easily on your belt or concealed inside your waistband. So it's a nice and small uh, normally the belt clip is turned the other way so you can carry it horizontal right mm -hmm. on your belt for an appendix carry type situation and it's real easy it's lightweight it's also big enough for self-defense it's enough to get back you're too close to me yep that's the mini and so then i've got one that's kind of similar it's kind of, it's a smaller blade and all of that so yeah um well, yeah. I, like, I like that size that size is a great one so the mini was just a little too small for a lot of people, little tiny hands like me, it's fine. But next yeah. we design the Bravo five is the next size up. So this is the mini, but about 30% larger. And we designed this one in, in collaboration with Justin Melnick from the TV show seal team. I, I has been yeah. So just, if you guys aren't aware, he, which that's my favorite TV show, by the way, it's the only TV show I really watch. He's the, uh, canine handler in yep. seal team and a uh, really cool guy, really kind of, and I think all that cast, uh, has really kind of dove into 
the lifestyle, the life of an operator and all that. So I don't think any of them were that way before. I think they've all kind of um, accepted and kind of understand this world that they're, they're they're trying to depict, which is kind of cool. But so how did that happen? How did you meet Justin? I somehow he found us on Instagram and we no were just messaging back and forth a little bit chatting. I was asking him how he got such a big following on Instagram. <laughs> He's got quite a few followers. Yeah. And then he called me one day and said, Hey man, let's do a knife together. I think it would be a lot of fun. So I mailed him most of our knives that way he can get an idea of what we make. And then he kind mm -hmm. of really liked the mini, but he liked the size of the GP two. So we made a mini that was that size. And then he didn't want any money from it. He want all we're doing is 10% is going to the special operations wounded warrior charity. Okay. Nice. So he wasn't doing that to make money or to benefit him. He just wanted to help our company and to help out a nonprofit. That's so awesome. he's going to well, carry it on. the. He's going to carry it on the next season of the TV show. I think maybe one of the other characters is also going to carry it. Mm. And it's going to be great. Justin is awesome. He does great things for our community. Yeah, he he does. Um, he he, I, I follow him on Instagram, and the cool thing is, is he's gotten into uh, into um, jumps and do, doing a lot of canine. Like his, but people don't realize is his personal dog is a dog that they use in the TV show. And so that dog has gone through a lot of training and he goes through all that training before. And once again, this dog was, uh, he wasn't in this world of the tactical stuff uh, until this opportunity came with his dog. And next thing you know, like he's jumping out of planes all the time. He's going to CQB training. Like, and a lot of these guys, they've kind of like just embraced the, um, this side of life, which is, I think is really cool because it's genuine now. These guys aren't just actors that are trying to learn a couple moves for a TV show. Like these guys train a lot and they they're, they're in, um, in our community. Now they shoot a lot of guns and all of that stuff. So where, yeah, I think that they're, um, I think they're in now, which is really cool. I like to hear that. Um, G 23 says, what's, what's the uh, cost of, of these knives? And as we've been flipping through, I'm gonna let you kind of talk about maybe the price points and, um, what knives and what goes into the pricing and all that and why uh, they're priced where they are guys. These are not the knives you're going to buy on Amazon. Okay. Let's just be honest. These are uh, high quality knives that you can use multi-purpose knives. But um, if you were talking to someone, and I'm not throwing TJ under the bus, but TJ is newer to knives than, than us. So if you were talking with someone that says, Hey, I'm new to knives. I really, I don't know what I want because I don't know what I don't know, but I just want like a decent, just all around knife. Um, would that be the GP one or, or what would you kind of suggest for that person? I guess we need to narrow that down some more. Is it something you want to wear on your belt to work every day? Or is this something you just want to take out camping with you or you want to keep it in your vehicle? But I would say for someone that might, might want to carry it on their person, you know, um, or at least maybe in a purse or, in their backpack or something that could be not a Rambo knife, but something that could obviously defend you if need be, you know? Yeah. So probably the GP two, this guy right here or backwards land. So it's, it's not super intimidating. So if you do pull it out to use it for a task, like the mirror, the Bravo five, it's a little less 
you know, it's more friendly looking. It's less pointy. Yeah. It's going to be able to do all the tasks you need. It's got enough weight behind it too. If you were out in the woods with it, you can do many tasks. A lot of people use these to skin animals. We've had people skin whole deers with these. So it'll really? do a thing for opening your mail and small boxes and MREs to skin in animals. It's also small enough. You can carry it on your belt, it, either horizontal or vertical in whatever configuration you want. So all of our knives come with a custom molded Kydex sheath. They're molded to each individual knife and they come with the text lock style belt. You just flip the lock down and squeeze and it opens. These two screws will come out whoop, that side. And you, from there you can rotate left-handed, right-handed, vertical or horizontal. Any one is formed so that it'll click in there. It's not coming out. We get That's our knives awesome. water jet cut. So we get a pile of rusty steel. And from there, we do every step in our shop. We do the heat treating. We use a CNC machine to machine our handles. So they come off sort of like this. And we have to shape it. They're oversized. So we shape it to each individual knife. And then round all the corners over on the grinder. And okay. damper the holes and sandblast. But that's our knives are different because we make them by hand and we make them with a lot of love. We care about every single step that goes into these and everybody that works in the shop is really proud of what we make and we stand behind it a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing you talk about that is, is um, if you find a knife company and, and there's a lot of great knife companies out there, but if you find a knife company that, that boasts, Hey, none of our knives are all going to be exactly the same. If you're looking for a mass-produced knife and we're not your guys, none of our knives are going to be the same. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Um, that means that they're making them by hand, and if you make it by hand, very rarely will two blades ever come out exactly the same, and that's okay. So uh, a lot of people are new to maybe custom knives or high-end knives. Um and honestly, God, these these actually aren't what I would consider high end as far as price knives. These are great quality for a really good price because some people get crazy on their prices. Uh, I mean, crazy on their prices. But uh, I've held these knives, um, and they are every bit of quality that you want. Uh, TJ Clover, before we move on, do you guys have any questions? Real quick, they're either in the chat or from what you have. I don't have any questions, but I know yeah. I'm looking at some custom stuff. You know, it's a big Tulsa show. Here a couple mm -hmm. weeks back, it was it was beautiful, and but good lord, I mean, talking about the prices that we're looking at here, uh, they're half of what that guy wanted. Yeah, these are great <laughs> prices. Which was, yeah, like wow. Well, for, for for the person that is buying the Amazon knives or buying the knives at Walmart, which is nothing wrong with that because I've got those some of those knives, and these things are going to be just fine for. The 15, 25 bucks. Some of them are great. The knife that I carry every day, every day for the most part, is a little pocket flip karambit. And I got this for like 30 bucks. Great knife. But Hold people on. don't realize th that $200 for a handmade knife with the handle materials that Chris and those guys are using, 200 bucks is a steal of a price. They think $200, that's an expensive knife. No. That's actually a very fair price, and especially for the quality. Like I said, I've held these before. I think TJ has as, as well. 200 bucks for something like this is, is a really good deal. Go ahead, Clove. 
Well, at the end of the day, do you have something that you're going to be proud of? Do you have something that you're going to hand down right. potentially later on? You know what I mean? It's, there's, there's a big difference. In, well, and especially, you know, Chris will know this. You know, we were talking hunting knives and skin knives and all of that. Those knives typically are passed down from generation to generation because uh, they're usually great knives, but they're great quality knives. If you can make it through skinning deer and all of that all for, for years and years and years, you know you've got yourself a great knife. Um, if someone were to look for a hunting knife, Chris, where would you kind of uh, steer them towards? Yeah, definitely the GP1 or the GP2. Okay. Yep, those two would be my go-to for hunting. These two? Yep, we've so also kind had of people through. use our, our T2. This one here? Okay. Yeah, they like the the pointy tip it's easier to get into the i like that sprays. blade yeah i do like that blade my favorite blade uh, from what i'm seeing here is probably this blade right here the ej blade <laughs> that's a beautiful beautiful knife there beautiful knife trying, trying to see if i have one okay give me a second i'll grab one yeah sure sure What's we'll bring this up, uh, Calaveras for sure. Um, all right, go for it. Let me put the camera on you. That, like I said, yeah. that, that's the one that I saw. I was like, oh my god, that is gorgeous! So, so I saw the question that popped up. We use 1095 high carbon steel for all of our knives, okay? It holds a good edge and it's easy to sharpen, and it helps us keep our prices where they are. If we used fancier steels, the price has got to go up 50 or 100 dollars pretty much immediately. So here's the EJ Snyder knife. This one has been abused. Uh, it's missing the tip. <laughs> we we test okay. our knives very thoroughly. Yeah, so we tested this one. You can see that this one is giant. This would be that a take to get out in the woods and go camping. We've had a couple of YouTube reviewers test this blade out, and it was great to watch. One guy put it into a log like that and stood on it. Stood on really? a handle. And it flexed a little bit and came right back. Um, wow. Survival Lily from Austria batoned an entire log. I mean, the thing was like that big around. And she batoned all the way through it. And it was as tall as she was. So this wow. one's a monster. It's a quarter inch thick. It's about 13 and a half inches long. We designed this one with EJ Snyder. You can kind of see his signature is laser engraved oh, right that's there. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. He's from the show uh, Naked and Afraid, and he's also on a lot of other TV shows, survival yeah, expert. EJ is also awesome. So, again, it comes with the Kydex sheath, just like the other one. Just way bigger. Nice. And it comes uh, with uh, the, the canvas ahead, camo, the camo canvas handles. So they're real grippy, and they wear in real nice to get some good colors once you've used it for a while my kids love using yeah. this knife out in the woods we live in the woods let's kind of go real quick through the catalog uh we talked about the gp1 and gp2 which is like the general purpose knives and mini blades um the tu1 blades i want to bring this up and and um let you talk a little bit about the these blades what they're general in your mind what their purpose would be um 
what someone would want to be looking forward to want to purchase this night the tu1 blade uh where was the if for lack of a better term where was the inspiration for this one so the tu is tactical use so the tu1 and two the tu1 is a little bit wider again width and just a little bit longer and thicker this one came from the mini so we took the mini design and I wanted to make a bigger knife. So I added the uh, next little hump on it and just mm -hmm. extended it and widened the handle design a little bit. But they're very similar. I don't have a TU one right here. We don't have very many right now. They sell pretty quick. That's okay. But so that's not a bad a, thing. <laughs> yeah. That's more of a maybe keep it in your car door or close at hand in your vehicle for self-defense or put it on your kit. I was going to say word on your kit. Yeah, sure. Yep. We have people that carry that on their belt for everyday use. It's a little, I mean, I'm a little guy, so it's too big for me to carry, but it's a great knife. It's got some weight to it. So you can do a little bit of a tawning with uh, that hump on it. You can see it on the mountain predator. It makes a good spot for batoning. It's easy to get Oops. the stick to hit right in oh, yeah. the notch. Okay. And it's good for batoning. On all of our knives, we also don't texture this portion right here, so you can strike a ferro rod with it and get it to spark. Oh, wow. So you'll see okay. here, this is all rounded over. Wherever your hand is going to be, we don't want anything sharp. But down here, sure. we leave it 90 degree, so you could still get good now, sparks. For there are people, let, let's just say, uh, for people that are out there listening later in podcast form or whatever, when you say batoning with a knife, what does that mean for someone that has never probably heard that term? So batoning is when you take a log and you split it from top to bottom if it were standing up so you can make smaller pieces for kindling to start a fire so you get the knife started in there with the blade and you take a big stick and you just pound the knife through it kind if of you like don't have access to axe. an axe exactly if you don't have access to an axe that's what that's what you're trying to do at that point uh calaveras yep. out there is can your knives be used with uh, a flint and steel yeah definitely there you go there you go. Uh, so let's move now to the uh, the Tactical 2, the TU2 knife. Basically the same thing we're talking about, just a little different blade design. Is that the, the gist of it? Yeah, the handle is a little bit more narrow and a little bit longer. So it's our widest handle. And then the blade is a little bit more stabby. It's better for penetrating. But we'll also like it more for skinny animals because of how pointy it is to get into those small crevices. Yeah. So this is our probably most popular one with the, the gun crowd. We sold a lot of these at the gathering. People okay. put them on their kit or their battle belt. It just fits so nice in your hand. It's got the big pinky, the hawk's bill, I think some people call it. So it's easy to grab yep. in either direction. It's easy to get a purchase on it to get it out of your sheath. Absolutely. Um, and these going to run around 220. Obviously, a lot of different uh, handle styles and colors. I'm digging that black and blue handle. That's it's a really pretty, pretty handle there. Uh, Clover, they even got yourself a FUD orange one over there, uh, black and orange. There you go. Yeah, but I I would prefer that BX1 or BK1. BX1, BK1, which one was it? BK1. BK1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the orange think, and black. I think we got oh. those right now. Oh. <laughs> BK Hold up, I think we have one. It's the big one, the man. BK, it's the big one. Yep. 
There you go. That is yep. pretty sexy. <laughs> big right knock one. That thing's as big as you are. Heck yeah. It is it's bigger than he is. Let's be honest. He can use that as a pole vault. <laughs> use that as that'd be that'd be my katana, man. <laughs> leprechaun, the, the leprechaun katana. That's a my sweet scimitar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now Calaveras, he's thinking logically. We're not thinking logically. He just says orange handle would be nice because you can't lose it in the leaves. Well, depends on where you are. Um, if you're where I am, we have a lot of sugar maples and all that around in the, in the fall, and they are sometimes bright orange leaves. So just saying, but yes, I understand what you're saying, that the, the, the blaze colors are going to be easier to find, especially during the summertime if you're in the woods and all of that. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, that BK1 is pretty, pretty nice right there. Yeah, um, let's go. Now, you were talking about the one that you guys did with Justin. You call it the Bravo 5. Is that because his call sign is Bravo 5 on the show? Correct, yep. You'd only know that if you watched the show. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> um, all right, so we go to, I think we, that might be, we talked about. The Bravo the, 5 is um, on the homepage. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go through here. Uh, go back to the home page. You don't have the tabs pulled up already. You know, I'm not Jeff and have 27 different tabs. No, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't do. I don't play that game. But there, there he goes. The Bravo Five knife. This is a a really good looking knife right there. Yeah. Yep. We offer it with the wood handles, and then with a gray U10 handle also. Is that the, the the picture I'm showing right? Oh, hello. Is that the picture yep. that uh, showing? That's the wood handle. Okay, cool. Correct. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yep. Um, all right. So, in just in general, now um, I'm gonna keep this up just for a little bit so people can look. I'm gonna go put it on. Actually, um, we'll just keep it right there for now. Um, so when someone's talking about doing a knife, um, and I know that you've worked with other people doing a custom knife, do you work with customers if they were to call and say, Hey, I like that style, but I want this or that. Are you able, or is a customer able to get a hold of you guys and truly come up with a custom knife with you guys? So yes and no, we will, but it has to be at least 50 knives. Oh, okay. Because there's okay, a lot sure. that goes into designing it. We got to design the CAD file and the CNC tool paths, and there's a lot of testing and sure. back and forth that goes into it, and make the templates for the Kydex sheaths. And so we love doing those, and we do them pretty regularly. We just sent out two prototypes this week, but we do a minimum of fifty. And really, that's not that bad because if you were, if you're going to do that, fifty knives for someone who's going to probably use them for a retail side of it. Um, yep. That's not a big order at all. How long, and not, not in a custom knife, just if you were going to go in and you guys are going to make some knives, how many knives can you guys push out in a day if you, you guys are really cranking on it? We do everything in batches, and we start normally on a Monday and finish on Friday. Okay, so and you're doing parts for everything throughout yep. the week? I got you. Exactly. We've been doing a lot of shop improvements. We just added about 200 square feet, and we've, are in the process of insulating everything and getting HVAC in. So it's been a couple months since we've had a full month of knife making because we've been doing a lot of shop improvements to prep for some of the big things we have coming. But last yeah. month we made 382 knives. 
So almost a hundred a week. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. And we're not, yeah. Wow. I was not guessing that much. I was going to guess like 25, maybe a week or something like that. Um, not a hundred a week. That's, that's pushing it out there. Uh People don't realize when you're talking about bladesmithing and all of that, um, and you're talking about having the HVAC and all of that, I bet you that room can get pretty hot when you guys are get going and everything uh, thrown together and all that. Um, how hard, people don't know sometimes, how hard are the conditions sometimes, especially maybe during the summertime when it comes to when you guys are grinding in, trying to push out 100, 150 knives a, a, a week. It, it can get pretty brutal can in, in there in that, in that shop, can it? Yeah, definitely. That heat treat oven's 1,530 degrees or so. Standing in front of that, a couple hundred knives a day is pretty brutal. Or even just yeah. in front of the Kydex presses, yeah, those are 350 degrees blasting in your face for as long as you're making sheaths for. <laughs> <laughs> or the grinder. you got to wear so much stuff when you're grinding knives. you got your respirator and a hat and glasses and a big old apron. And you have hot yeah. sparks just showering the whole time you're doing it. So... Yep. It's miserable without the HVAC, so we're working on it. Well, do you guys have uh, – I want to bring up Clover and TJ here in a minute, but um, I'm interested because I, I, you're talking to people that make their own knives, um, not just as a hobby, but doing it full-time is fascinating to me. Um, when when you're when you're got your crew, you've got a handful of people that are involved in this. Do you, does one person specialize in handles? One specializes in this. One specializes in heat treatments. One special, or, or is, can everyone kind of do it all? So we have people that specialize in each thing. We have a couple of people that normally live in the grinding room, and a couple of people that do the finishing. And then mm -hmm. Bart's our shop foreman. He kind of corrals everybody and points them in the right directions. But we try and have everybody know how to do as many things as possible. Some of the harder tasks like grinding bevels we only have a couple people but pressing sheaths and assembling knives and clean up and things like that everybody knows how to do and then what there's is, some things that only i can do well that's that's called job to, security that's job security <laughs> <laughs> i haven't figured out how to teach anybody how to sharpen yet that's the hardest part well to properly sharpen I would imagine that's hard uh, to properly do without getting rid of the integrity <laughs> of that blade. Anyway, any fool can, including me, can sharpen a knife. It doesn't mean that I'm doing it right and I'm not causing damage to that blade probably over time. So, um, yeah. Um, TJ, I'm going to start with you first. Um, any questions for Chris about any you know, the business or knives in general? No, I was just wondering. Um, I mean, I, you know, I look at some of these handles and stuff like that. I don't know if there's a, mm -hmm. uh, like a way or a set way or if you guys just come up with that design from um, talking to people and stuff like that on some of the weirder ones, like the mini blade and stuff like that. Oh, oh, God, the, it's like a, that looks at an interesting, an interesting handle. The shape of it, where the finger placement yeah. is and everything. Yeah. So a guy I used to work with named AK designed that handle. Okay. He had a couple knives that he really liked, and he kind of smushed them together and made that hmm. design weird to play one time. Okay, I was, I was wondering because I was like, oh, you know, I've seen, I've, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of knives. I haven't handled a lot of knives and stuff like that. And I was, I saw that, and I was like, that just looks weird. But then, you know, when you think about like Gret pulling it out of a sheath, you know, then I'm like, oh, it makes sense. So I didn't yep. know if you guys just had a, you know, trial and error came up with that. And 
We definitely, whenever we make anything new, we make a, one out of Kydex, just a template. Yeah. And everybody just oh, okay. carries it around and plays with it for a while. And we'd make little tweaks and go back and forth until we come up with something we really like. Cool. That's, that's the way to do it right there. <laughs> yeah. So when it you're helps having the CNC machine. Yeah. When you're going through that process of handles, whether it's the design or, um, the components that it's made of does each blade how do i put this do you have an idea going into what you want the handle to look like or be or is it just something that kind of evolves throughout the whole process both none all the above sometimes sure, i okay. just start drawing pictures sometimes we just grab a chunk of steel and start making sometimes people come to us with an idea and then we test it out and see where it goes. We don't have a strict design process, at least at this point. That's that's, what, that's kind of what I was getting at. Is is it's yeah. more of on the floor, which I kind of like. I want to, you know, I don't want I don't want to, you know, knowing that I'm 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 gonna get a knife. I kind of like the idea that this is the only one that's probably going to be exactly like the one that I have, and that's kind of a cool thing, you know. Yeah, there's the gonna be ones that look similar and all that, but it's just gonna be it's, it's gonna be a, every knife's gonna be a little bit different with the handle or the blade or whatever. The grinding on is gonna be different, whatever. It's almost a one out of one knife every time you buy one from of yours, which is I think it's cool. Yeah, definitely. The EJ Snyder knife, he liked the BK one, but he also liked the TU one. So yeah. we kind of combined the two knives together to create that one. So it was just us sitting here pretty much where I'm standing right now in the shop. And we just combined a couple of knives together and drew a rough picture. And then I designed three or four different ones in CAD and we cut them out of Kydex and we both played with them. And then we made a couple mm -hmm. prototypes and beat the crap out of them and made a couple of tweaks. And that's how we came up with that. It's not a Absolutely. quick process. It takes a month or two to get to that point of something we're happy with. Sure. Um, I like the fact that there are going to be people that see this knife that may look at a $400 price tag and say, holy cow, $400 for a knife. That's crazy. It's really not. But if you guys notice on the website, if you're using PayPal, you can do four interest-free payments of $100, So, uh, which I think is awesome. I mean, that's just something that people, uh, it might help people make a decision that I don't have to come up with $400 right now if I do over four months or whatever. Uh, that's a cool option as well. So um, that, that's a great thing. But yeah, $400 for a knife like that, man, that, that's really not that bad. Um, like Clover was saying, you can go to some of these gun shows and see knives double, triple that price very easily. Um, so, yeah. Uh, speaking of Clover, I want to bring you in. Do you have anything that you want to um, – oh, real quick. Uh, full or hidden tang is what Calavera says. Full. Always full on our knives. Always full. Makes it yeah. way good way more tough you can't you can't break it unless you're doing something dumb you gotta really try you know you gotta <laughs> really try uh tj says i could <laughs> i can destroy i don't know we broke the tip of that one and it's the only thing we can manage to break on it uh calaveras says what kind of grain a hollow grind or what kind of grind do you guys have we use a full flat or a flat grind Hollow grind is when you use a big wheel to grind the bevels and it gives it a I'm holding a sharpie. I don't know why, but 
gives it a <laughs> concave, like a skateboard shape. Yeah. And it yeah. makes the tip a little bit weaker, but a lot of times it'll make it cut a little bit better. But we go for longer durability. So we go with the flat grind. So it's just a flat, it gets up against a flat platen, is what it's mm -hmm. called on the grinder. Yeah. But con or um, hollow grinds definitely have their place. They look neat. Yeah, they're 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 cool. Um Clover, we we'll bring you in anything that you want to talk about or, or ask, bring up right now. Well, and somebody mentioned, you know, sharpening before. So, I mean, with your customers, do you go through that as like proper sharpening technique and that sort of thing? We're getting there. We're going to soon offer a sharpening system on our website. We're just in the process oh, of okay. testing and experimenting still to find the one we like best. But we're going to have a sharpening system for sale on our site and how-to videos, the best way to do it, that we're going to make. We just haven't gotten to that point yet. There's unlimited number of different sharpening systems so we're trying to find the one that's find easiest one. to use with the best results right all right so i got a question for you and i'm glad you actually brought it up earlier uh because i brought a knife out to specifically ask you this question um i hadn't even taken this out for a while when i did earlier i was like and tj saw i was like oh snap uh yeah, so got a Damascus blade, but there's quite a bit of rust on it. Now, this is going to happen depending on where you live, and this is something that a lot of people are going to come up with because some people don't touch their knives for a year or two, and it just they leave them in, and wherever they are, it does happen. Uh, I kind of know the answer is, but for people out there that might not know, does this mean rust on a blade? Does that mean that that blade is no longer a viable, strong blade? No, adds character. It's called patina. patina. <laughs> it just shows that you um, use it and it's got some life. You, know? exactly. it's got... you can cut people and give them tetanus. Yeah. But if you just well, put I mean, like oil on there. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. For someone that has or... something like this, exactly. Uh, it is a very quick and short process to take care of something that's got a little character to it. Um, this is actually one that I keep in um, my go bag. And obviously I haven't pulled it out in several months. That sounds bad, but I haven't pulled out in several <laughs> months. When I did it, it. It looked like that. Okay. So it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, um, I need to go get some oil on it. But yeah, a lot of people think they see this. They say, oh my goodness, rust is bad. That blade is worthless now. That's not the case at all. Uh, kind of go in, if you don't mind, real quick, just in general, uh, maybe what a process for someone that does have a little bit, especially on a Damascus blade. I think Damascus blades typically are going to get rusty a little bit quicker um, because of the folding pro and all that. But can you just in general give maybe an idea as how someone can quickly maybe work with a rust on a blade? Just This is just ballast stalls. It's just an oil multi-purpose. You can get it on Amazon or a lot of knife companies i just spray it on the blade and then wrap it in some paper towels or an old shirt or anything overnight and then give it a quick little rub down and it should come right off we'll if it's being really yep. stubborn <laughs> maybe some some uh some really fine grit steel wool might help to loosen it up just gentle i was gonna bring that up because i was gonna actually i've actually had to do that before um very very light steel wool and it worked fine but i was actually going to ask you i hope i didn't screw that up but that's okay to use i i, I know people that did it but 
Uh, they would say, hey, just get some steel wool real quick, and, and, and it won't hurt it um, if you just do a little bit. But uh, that is a viable option if someone has some really heavy rust on there. It can be. So on ours, we have – you can see it's blackened. That's for ferric chloride acid. Okay. This black coating on here, and it helps prevent rust. So it does a pretty good job, but eventually they will rust. If you scrub that hard enough, that coating will come off. Just like any coating, nothing really bonds with metal. The, the blade like itself is going to be fine. Yeah. The blade, yeah, completely. You can't mess that thing up with steel wool, no matter how hard you try. Yep. Um, now, is that coating, is that done uh, during the heat treating process or afterwards? Or how, how do you guys do that? It's after. So we heat treat it, and then you get forged scale all over the blade. It's uh, okay. this, like in the ridges of the texture. That's the forged scale. but it, this right here, but it's also on the bevel, so you have to grind it all off because it's real gross looking oh, okay. on the bevel. Gotcha. And the acid yeah. won't adhere at all with the forge scale in there. So we grind it off and then shape the handles. And then from there, we acid etch. It's all okay. it's just a juggling act of getting everything in exactly the right order so everything lines up perfectly. And, and everything holds and does what it's supposed to do. Uh, what's up, 223DMRs out there? Um, real quick, it got a five dollar super chat from Minotauri Carry. He says, An accountant is a luxury, a good knife is a necessity. <laughs> I guess I, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, and it's one of those things where, uh, like I said, a lot of people and understand something that if you're gonna spend money on a knife. The last thing you want to do is not use it. You know, a lot of people are maybe I'm going to spend like two or three or four hundred dollars on a knife. I don't want to use it. Guys, that's what that knife was made for. It's made to be used. It's not made to be put up on a wall or or left in your safe or whatever. It's it's meant to be used. So I would say this, um, and I don't know, you guys can say if you're going to spend money on a knife. The only reason why you would want to spend good money on a knife is to actually use it for a purpose. Um, I would say most people aren't going to just buy a $400 knife just to say they have a $400 knife. It's actually going to serve a purpose. So um, when you are talking about your blades, and we've talked about all of them right here, you can see them all, the GP1, the GP2, the Mini, the, the Tactical Blades, uh, the BK, and the EJ, all beautiful blades. I'm assuming that you're always kind of looking for the next one uh, without giving any secrets out or any of that. Do you have an idea of where you see your blades a year from now, or is there something new that you guys are working on as far as a newer knife style? We have a dagger coming out at some point. We've already designed really? it and made the prototype. Really? It's uh, like about a 10 inch long, real nice narrow dagger uh it's nice. the tu2 handle but mirrored on both sides and changed just a little bit so it's that okay okay yep but modified quite a bit especially by by where the pinky goes and then we have two saxes one with the gp2 handle and one with the u1 handle Ooh. so the sax blade is just a real straight angular looking blade the vikings mm -hmm. used it a lot it's got a lot of functionality and it looks cool. Let me see if I can bring <laughs> one up here. Oh yeah, those are um really awesome. Um 
me see if I can bring up a picture and people would probably know. Um, the Sykes blade is, yeah, it's, so if I do this, we share this screen because this is pretty cool. Uh, share. This would be kind of cool to see. Um, you're looking at something like that, right? It's still loading. All I oh, see is, is an American flag. Okay, TJ, Clove, can you see that? I can see it. Okay. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's the dagger. Yeah. That's so, going to be real similar to that. That's going to be awesome. Um, yes, definitely. Oh, the sax, S-E-A-S. S-E-A-X. S-E-A-X. Oh, nice. That's the other, the Viking-looking knife. It's just a oh, real that straight is edge. There we go. That is yep. gorgeous right mm -hmm. there. I like there that. Go. So we built that on the GP2 handle and the T1 handle. So, so this blade right here, how long will that blade be? Blade length, I think, is about four and a half inches, about nine okay. and a half overall for the TU one. And then the GP2 version, I think it's about seven and a half inches, I believe. Ooh, total. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, I'm going to stop sharing that and get back to your website because that's what I want people looking at right now. Uh, Clove TJ, got anything right now? No, I mean, I'm already, you know, checking them all out. I'm still new to knives. It's, you know, it's, it's neat seeing all this stuff. Um, you know, I, I realize as far as any of, we mentioned the, you're talking about the price and stuff like that. And it's, you know, people got to realize they're paying for quality and craftsmanship and materials, it's, you yeah. know, and then people who are going to pay that realize that there's, there's a lot of craftsmanship that goes into that and everything's been touched by human hands and, you know, finished with human hands. So it's, you know, mm -hmm. you, you pay for that and, you know, most people are, are fine with it. If it's, you know, it's a good quality finish and a good quality product, they're, they're like, you know, three, 400 bucks. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, here's a question for you, Chris. Uh, Cousin Calaveras, he's all full of questions now, which is great. This is a good one. Um, suggest it. And, and this is must be, actually, there might not be a great, perfect angle for any of these, but um, what's the suggested angle for a cutting edge a gp angle and a skinning angle do you guys do you have it this way do you have one that you like for all three of these for me it's different all i sharpen them by hand on the top of my grinder on the slack part of the belt so i couldn't okay. tell you what angle they're at but i can <laughs> the more of a closer to uh like wider apart is better for chopping and long endurance blunt activities so the bigger knives have this more wide angle closer to 45 and then as you go more narrow it's going to slice better but be less durable so right. like the gps are going to be slimmer so that way it's going to slice better for skin and animals and such and then the tus are a mix in between kind of the middle because you want it to be able to thrust and hold up but it's got to slice well enough also for people that want to use it for skinning so I don't know the angles <laughs> offhand, yeah. but I just know how to do them on my grinder. And it's you not a big you know. change between them. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's so hard to teach somebody else how to sharpen. 
because it's such a fine skill that you got to get just right or it doesn't work well. And there does come a point when you don't get it right and there's only so much you can do with that blade if you don't get it right. So you almost you know, have to do something else with that blade, I guess, sometimes, huh? We have a pile of messed up blades that people practice on. Yeah. <laughs> that's a cool thing. Though. That's, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, and then you can keep grinding it flat again and resharpening it over and over and over. Mm. So, we so been, there's probably 10 knives in there for that. If you were to, and, and let's just, I'm not saying it's for a specific thing, so that might be a difficult question, but in general, what's the one thing, talking to maybe to newer gun uh, gunners, but knife owners or people that come to a show and see you guys, like, what's the one big big misconception that people have about knives that you have to constantly maybe correct people on? So we get ours water jet cut, right? I wish I had one right next to me. But it comes in the shape of the knife, and it's rusty. So if we were making a TU2, it comes, you know, it's this piece of steel comes cut at shape. And I show them okay. that because it's hard, kind of hard to explain. Hey, we get these water jet cut, and they said, Oh, cool. So, all you do is throw a handle on there and sharpen it, huh? Well, <laughs> oh, it's about 53 steps and a million processes and a lot of fine tuning and dedication and obsessing over every little detail that gets us there. It's, it's a lot more than just putting a handle on there and sharpening it. I guess that's the biggest misconception that we get all the time. Yeah, so, I, I would. Um... You know, for me, I love knives. I'm not a very knowledgeable knife guy. To me, to say that I'm a knife connoisseur or anything like that is way wrong. I just enjoy knives. Um, so I don't know a lot of the terminology and all of that. It's so funny because I'll go and and you and you if you look at all the knives that I have, a lot of them are karambits. A lot of them are uh, drop point. A lot of them are there's several tantos. And I guess it's not because I like specific blades. I'm looking for this. Certain blade styles just catch my eye. And so I kind of just go towards the same style blades because they, they're attractive to my eyes. Um, when you're when you have someone that is asking you about knives, obviously you probably do the same thing you did to me is ask them what their purpose is. Um, how many how many times have you talked out? people of hey you might not want this knife or this blade style you might want this do people have an idea or they just like the looks of it and you sometimes have to tell them that's probably not what you want with what you're going to use it for it's hit or miss a lot of people will walk up and just want a knife because it looks cool not really have a use for it but they'll find something right. new with it but i like the people that have a use that's for me. it and we can <laughs> yeah hey i want this to carry on me all the time all right, cool. We can work with that. No, I, I do buy specific knives to put on kits and put on belts and all and to carry every day. But a lot of the a lot of the knives that I have are just I'm walking by and say, Oh, that's a beautiful knife. I want to I'll buy that. And going into it, not having a purpose for it, it's just a beautiful knife. I'll figure out some way to use it. Uh now, like I said, I do buy specific knives for specific things, but a lot of my knives are just that's beautiful. I'm gonna buy it just because I need to have that, you know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, G23 out there. Oh, go ahead, TJ. Go ahead. I, was like, I, I go I go look at my knives for like screwdriver, pry bar, 
right. wire stripper. I mean, that's 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 how I look at my knives most of the time. That's oh, that's, fair. That that's fair. They end up. That's what they end up being used for a lot of. Them, but, <laughs> So, you know, yeah. these are these are nice. I don't think I would use these for that, but you know, I don't have, <laughs> you know, like I said, I'm new to knives. I don't have a, I don't have one set up for my kid or, or anything like that. Yeah, so it's 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 neat. You know, it's interesting to me all this stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that's the thing about it is, um, you know, each each knife blade. There's a reason why all there's there's hundreds, if not thousands, of blade styles, shapes, and, and configurations of blades, but every single one over time, over thousands of years, originally was built for a specific reason because at the time, there wasn't a blade that could do what they needed to do, whatever that was. And so we now talk about blades now as, oh, they're, they're really cool and they're really pretty, but blades have been the weapon of choice for thousands and thousands of years that they every single blade that we see originally was probably designed with a specific purpose at hand these were the tools these were the screwdrivers these were all of the the tools of the time so uh, you know it, it is pretty cool to think about the history of blades um i love katanas i think they're just gorgeous um Aside from being a samurai, there isn't a purpose for them anymore, but they're beautiful to look at. And then you and you think about this was the rifle or handgun. These were the weapons of the samurai, and this is what they fought battles with and, and defending themselves and their family and their villages were. And it's kind of crazy to know that, you know, even the shape of a katana was designed for a specific reason. So I could get, I could nerd out in blades, especially someone like Chris that knows about a lot of stuff because um, blades were, like I said, blades have a history and the history of blades is incredible. It really is. Um, yeah. G23. So the knife guys community offer- as a whole is pretty awesome. A throwing oh, knife. Yeah. A we throwing haven't knife, made, so. we're toying with, some designs, but we haven't gotten around to making them. There's still some experimenting with different types of steels and geometry and things that we need to mess with. But I think at some point we'll offer in a throwing knife and throwing tomahawks. Yeah. Cause it's fun. Tomahawk. Now we're talking. Yeah. Uh, what about like a machete? Like, uh, Ooh, I've made a couple kukris and I don't like it. Oh, kukris are great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever make any more, but we make okay. tomahawks. We're waiting our steel order for them right now. We just can't make them fast enough to ever put them on the website because they sell before we finish them. We yeah. owe some retailers about 15 of them right now, but I think we have enough steel to make about 50 coming in the next week or so. Okay, cool. So hopefully we can get our processes locked in for those and get those up on the site soon. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. That'd be awesome. Uh, mandatory carry yeah. says, do you guys take ideas from the public? Yeah, definitely. Maybe We're always looking for new ideas. This. Yeah. Definitely. We like feedback um, from people that are going to use them. Yeah. Here at the end, if, in, 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 a, in a few minutes, about five or 10 minutes, mandatory carry. Um, when we'll let Chris kind of talk about the, the company the website and all that. One of the things we'll ask him is where they can contact the company. So, um, 
just be thinking and listening um, when he says where they can maybe you can email or something if you have an idea. Uh, because he says he has a, a, an idea for a combination police baton sword. Now, I don't know if that's something you guys would be interested in, but that's an interesting, that'd be, that'd be an interesting combination for sure. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah. Gotta love them. Gotta love it out there. Um, Clove, you got anything right now? Yeah, you know, I was just on looking at throwing knives actually earlier. And <laughs> I was, okay. um, I got that big stump on my range and I got some do. Amazon junk that I throw at it. And I got some big nails and mm-hmm. some other things I play around with, but with, with throwing knives, um, would that be something that you guys would go all out because a knife designed specifically for throwing doesn't have to be the same as a knife for cutting. Correct. Correct. Yeah, it's a lot different. That's why we haven't come up with anything yet that we offer because there's just a lot of experimenting that goes into it. Got to be bounced just right, and yeah. it's just a whole different ball game. But we're figuring it out. It's different kinds of steels too because you want it to be able to get smashed over and over and over, and it doesn't really have right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now, Clover, what you can do is just wait for the tomahawk because that could be really fun to have with the with your stump. I'd like to see a video of you throwing yeah. a tomahawk. That'd be hilarious. I I'm not good at, at it. That's why you haven't seen any videos. It's on the range and I play with it, but I'm nowhere near good enough to make a video. <laughs> they had the tomahawk throw uh it was a few years ago. They used to have it every year at, at Shot Show, but I, I I didn't see it this year. Did they not have the yeah, they throw have it. Today? Yeah, Buck not Buck. Yeah, they wasn't there. Is that who it is? Is Buck was doing it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, but they give you what three tomahawks and three knives, and I might stick one tomahawk and one knife, maybe. Of course, all you gotta do is stick one to win, but you know, or get the prize or whatever. But yeah, yeah, I'm no good cool. at that. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, TJ, you got anything to bring up or ask before uh, we start sweeping the floor? No, no, Just learning. That's all I'm doing, learning, learning that education tonight. Yep. Education. Yep. Um, Calaveras says he throws Harbor Freight, um, one and a quarter pound hatchets. You know, if you're gonna throw stuff, you don't really need to worry about breaking. I mean, that's kind of cool. You have to worry about them breaking, you know. You don't have to worry about picking them up either. You just leave them out there, just leave them out there. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so what we're gonna do real quick is, is Chris, we're gonna let you kind of come in again. Um, anything else that you want to talk about with the company? upcoming projects or, or products that you might be coming out with um real quick i do want to ask you this because this was going to come up i think if someone was to order you keep certain blades and certain knives in stock i'm assuming but with the supply chain going on right now is there a lead time from the time you ordered to the time you get them out or is it pretty much you got a lot of stuff in stock right now if it's on our website it's ready to ship okay so if it's not on our website you see a different combination of handle and blade that you want. We can make it. We just have to get the handle, the colors in or whatever it is that we're lacking. But if it's on the side, it's ready to ship. Awesome. Um, so what I want to, if, like I said, talk about any projects or products that you might be having come up. that you want to talk about anything else that we missed that you want to make sure that the audience gets, uh, whether it's live or in podcast form, more importantly, uh, where can people, 
I want to put out the uh, website and the Instagram and all that, but where can people find you? More importantly, if they need to get a hold of you, is there a way to uh, contact you or the company? Sure. So first, we're going to be at Blade Show in Atlanta the first weekend of nice. June. It's the world's biggest knife show. We're going to have a booth. We'll be right by Spartan Blades and Winkler and Chris Reeves and all those guys. So you walk in the front door and you make a left and we'll be immediately on the front wall. So that's going to be big. So if you're anywhere near there and you like knives, come on out. I think the last count I saw was about 900 different knife makers that are going to be there. If you've never been, it's crazy. You walk in and there's just a giant ballroom full of knives and knife things. And then there's a whole nother room full of more knives and knife things. And it's a lot to take in. It's a full day or a full weekend if you have it. So I would imagine for us, it's a lot like our shot show, probably, where it's just wall to wall, just crazy, but, but for knives. So I can imagine. Yeah, it'd be awesome. I would love to get to Blade Show. I've never been to one. Is it usually it's usually in Atlanta every year, is it correct? They have three now. Blade Show West is they're moving it. It was in California. I think they're moving it to Utah or something. And then they have okay. Blade Show Texas. And then the one in Atlanta is the biggest one. Where in Texas do you know? Because Clover's in Texas. I'm in Arkansas. It's not too far. I could probably look it I up. I know it just passed. I want to well, say it was a it month did. ago or two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> of course it did. Blade Show Texas. Yeah. Um, here we go. Let me pull the website up here. It's in Fort Worth, and it was March 17th to the 18th. Uh, Fort Worth. I, I grew up in Dallas, so getting to Fort Worth would be kind of fun. I would love to do that next year probably. That would be it's really fun. It's a lot fun. of fun. The knife community is really cool. It's a close-knit group of people, and everybody's willing to help each other. Yeah. It's been pretty cool. We have some other big things coming out. I can't talk about yeah. them yet because they're still in the works, but just keep watching. There's a whole bunch of cool stuff that we have in the works. Justin Melnick is really taking care of us, and he's connecting us with some really important people. Right. So I think within the next couple weeks or month, you'll start seeing some of the things we have going in the background so that's going to be fun magazines big huge companies that you guys have all heard heard of and love we're doing projects mm -hmm. with nice. some gun companies we're trying to work with we had some really cool things it's exciting uh, our website is strewknives.com s-t-r-o-u-p and then our facebook and instagram are the same just stroop knives if you want to message us the best way is info at stroopknives.com and that'll come to my wife and I, so one of us will respond pretty quickly. Uh, keep up with our Instagram page. We like to post a lot of shop updates and pictures. Sometimes we take our kids out yeah, in the woods pretty, and they take pictures cool, of knives. It's a pretty and, good follow. I enjoy following you guys. It's uh, You do some cool uh, – you do a lot of family stuff, but knife-related, which is kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, our kids are a big part of our business too. Our shop is 20 feet from our house. And we live on six oh, acres wow. out in the okay. woods. So we just can just walk around and play with knives in the woods. And if they're home, like for spring break, they just come hang out in the shop and help with whatever we have going on. Absolutely. Why not? That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be great. Yep. Um, yeah. Things are coming. Like I said, I, I love talking knives. And I, and I remember seeing you guys at the gathering. And I was like, okay, got to reach out to these guys and try to get them on. Because I remember... I want to say it was you and your wife were there um, at the booth, yep. maybe. Um, 
And, and I, I said this about a lot of companies, and TJ and Clover know what I'm talking about because there are people that you go to these shows and you go to their booth and they're 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 trying to push the hard sell. You know, they're trying to sell you their product and all of that. And then you have people that just want to talk about their product. They're passionate about their product. Um, you weren't one of those guys that were like trying to sit there and say, hey, I want you to walk away with this blade. Obviously, you wanted to sell. Um, that's what you were there for. But you weren't one of those guys that were just, here's my spiel, buy the knife. It was, you could tell right away, and, and, and TJ and Clover know this about me, and they're the same way. I love people that are passionate about their products and passionate about what they're trying to do uh, because they care. And you know that, okay, if this guy's making the knives himself and he's this passionate just talking about them, I know he's going to be passionate when he's making a knife. So I appreciate the passion that you show when you talk about your blades, um, which is really, really cool because there's a lot of people out there. Like I said, they, they, I, it is what it is. They want to sell, but sometimes they lack the passion in the process almost. Let's see that. Well, I'm glad we're doing something right. We're having fun yeah, yeah, doing, it, doing it as a family. So that's and that's probably the coolest thing about it is always is is the family. It's always going to be there. You're going to have knives that your kids touch when they're kids, and hopefully when they take over one day, uh, hey, I've got this knife that your son helped build 20 years ago, and now he's doing this. That that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Calaveras is fun chat ghost. Thanks for passing on my questions. Absolutely. Thanks for the great questions, not just Calaveras, but everyone out there. I uh, really appreciate it. Thanks for TJ and Clover for always joining. Uh, TJ, real quick before we get out of here and sweep the floor, uh, what do you have coming up on Gear Report? Anything that we want to uh, be ready for? Oh, dude, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. I got the, uh, yeah, the, the Eric's Delta Gen 2 L. It's right behind everybody else's. I'm I'm lagging, I guess. Everybody got it in front of me. The BRG9 Elite, the Saltwater Arms Barracuda, and the uh, the Wolfpack Armory, the uh, CSR556. Okay. So they're all close. If work they're would if work close. would lack up a little bit and let me get to the range, it would be done. But to people to understand that you know your hobby comes I'm supposed to come in front of your job, but they just want right. things done. Yeah, um, yeah, down to the wire now, getting inspections and stuff. So it's it's just dragging every day. But yeah, if I can get if I can get all my inspections and get to the range, knocking them out. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Clove, what do you got coming up on the channel or over in Gear Report? By the way, Chris, all three of us write for Gear Report. Uh, Clover and I have our own channels and all of that, but we all work uh, write reviews for Gear Report. So uh, you'll probably hear a Gear Report being talked about from all three of us but yeah go ahead clove speaking of gear um, report yeah speaking of gear report uh just <laughs> uh published over there finally got something else published uh the uh gerson mc 1911 10 millimeter uh written review on that if you listen to this you've probably seen the video i'm sure but uh, uh the written articles uh can be a little more detailed things that we often forget in videos, stuff like that. Speaking of videos, dropped a video on the True Spec Agility Pants. Today, I've had these uh, for a few months. Haven't worn them every single day, obviously, but... I'd I, hope um, not. I, uh, I've got quite a few different pairs of True Spec Pants um, and uh, wanted to give these a try. They're 
considerably different as far as the material and construction and other things uh, that I'm what I'm used to from TrueSpec. So, uh, yeah, there's my thoughts on that, some of the features of the these pants and everything in that video today. So check that out if you uh, get a chance, I suppose. You got it. Uh, as far as us, we put a video out with the torture test of the Arex, Arex, Rx. I don't know how they said it. Uh, I call it Arex or Rx. Yeah, I've heard it it both ways. Yeah. um, I think, like, Kat calls it Rx, so that's kind of why I've come with Rx. I think she said Rx one time. I was like, okay, well, whatever. Anyways, the Delta X. Uh, So I think Caleb has the M, and you have the L, correct? Yeah. And so the X, what I have, is a combination. It's kind of like a 19X, where it's the more compact uh, slide with the full length, uh, full size frame, 19 plus one. Anyways, a torture test uh, video dropped this weekend on that. I still got some stuff coming out on um, the Grand Power Excalibur, uh, the SAR USA AR pistol, the Springfield Ronin 10 millimeter. Got a bunch of stuff coming down um, and some other stuff as well. So, most of the time, if you see a review on a gun or a piece of gear, there will be typically, depending on the time of year, if I'm busy or not, a, a corresponding article on Gear Report. Because I like Clover. I try to make my videos relatively short to where people aren't going to get bored as hell with me. And so you can take that video, corresponding written review that can put a lot more detail in there. So go check out uh, Clover Tax channel. More important, go check out gear-report.com. And um, you'll find my articles, TJ articles, Clovers, Jeffs. Uh, we've got a couple of new um, people that are writing for uh, Gear Report now. Um, a lot of people that are just writing. It's not just about guns and all that. It's it's knives. It's camping. It's sailing. It's home V. Um, it's pretty much anything don't, that you can think of. It's guitars. What's that? Don't forget the guitars. Oh, and you can't forget the damn guitars. Yes, yeah, it's turned it's turned into almost damn guitar center over here. Okay, let's just be real about it. Uh, Jeff got into a thing of buying and selling guitars, and holy shit, um, it is what it is. But yeah, um, yeah. But thanks for watching. For uh, everyone has been watching live for the last hour and a half. Thank you so much. Hour and a half, you'll never get back, but hopefully you won't ask for it back because I don't give refunds on time. I just don't do it. Uh, for everyone that's watching this in replay or listening more importantly in podcast form, thank you for sticking around for an hour and a half. Go check out stroopknives.com. Um, awesome stuff. Um, and more importantly, if you have any questions on knives, I'm sure that they're busy, but uh, they probably wouldn't mind taking a, a call or at least an email and you'll go back to you. Maybe you have questions. The last thing you want to do is not ask a question if you don't know something about whatever you're talking about. Uh, but go check out stroopknives.com. Go check them out on Instagram. They're a, they're a really cool follow on Instagram um, and Facebook. And then they've got a YouTube channel. Um, got a question real quick before we get out of here. The YouTube channel, um, is that something that you could see some cleaning or some DIY or some care videos down the line of maybe how to care for an, a blade and all that down the road. Cause that'd be kind of a cool thing. Yeah. I think there's a, a lot of people that probably would like to have some of those videos. Yeah, definitely cleaning, sharpening, all those kind of things. Maybe the process behind the designs. We also Ooh, want to help other small business owners 
because a lot of people can make a good knife, but they don't know how to run a business. So I want to try and provide some value and help guide them on how to start their journey or make sure they're doing it right. So they don't get their business shut down or right. See if we can help with those kind of things. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, that, I think there are maybe even uh, maybe there might be some parts of it. You don't want to, that might be proprietary of how you do it. But I think most, I know I would, I would love to see maybe from start to from design to finish blade, kind of the process of the heat treatments and, and everything that goes into the grinding. Like I said, there might be areas that you want to not show all your secrets, but I think it'd be kind of cool for people. TJ and Clover know this. One of my favorite shows um, is, I know it's, you probably heard us a lot, but it's Forged in Fire. I love Forged in Fire. And uh, it's fascinating to me for someone that doesn't know anything about that, just to watch how a, a piece of steel or a, a bicycle chain or whatever they're using can then turn into this blade. It's it's fascinating to me. So that'd be kind of a cool thing to watch. Have you ever thought about going on uh, Forged in Fire, by the way? Mm, no <laughs> no okay <laughs> it would be fun but no i'd rather not <laughs> no I understand. yeah we want to yeah, eventually we're going to put a lot of effort into that youtube channel but right now all of our efforts been into shop improvements so we can I be prepared understand. for well you yeah. gotta get you gotta be prepared for the growing business and the demand um have you guys been real quick we're gonna get out of here in a second now we're just shooting the shit at this point um have you guys been affected a lot by the supply chain issues going on? Yes and no. I just have to plan ahead and order all my supplies mm -hmm. with well in advance where I could get away with ordering maybe two or three weeks. I got to do two or three months. Because so you don't know when the next deal. order comes in. Yeah. yeah, my belt clips, they were delayed by about six weeks. Oh really? So we had a bunch of knives made with belt clips, and we had to take belt clips off the knives for other knives that had to go out the door. And but I ordered probably three months worth, so luckily they showed up. So they just arrived a week ago. So now I need to order the next three months worth just to make sure they're in time. Same with steel. So it's just so I kind just of got a text real quick. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to to bring this one last question in. Just got a text in on the text line. I don't know who it was. They didn't say who that was out there. So whoever sent this, mention in the comments or whatever, wants to know, do you guys do custom sheaths for a knife sent in? I guess what he's saying is if he has a knife, do you guys or would you guys be able to or willing to create a sheath for an existing knife that they that's not yours, obviously? We can as long as it's just a normal shaped knife and it's nothing crazy that I have to come up with a weird design for. Okay. It's just a normal sheath that I can press in my normal press. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. That, I, yeah I, I, I've, I've thought about doing some, for me, I've thought about doing some different custom Kydex for holsters and all that. I never thought about doing Kydex sheaths for knives as well. Cause that'd be kind of cool to, cause I, I, a lot of mine are in leather ones and I think I'd probably be able to use, utilize them better and more often if they were in a Kydex sheath. Um, that might be interesting. I might have Definitely. to think about doing that. The leather sure can be rusty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lots of them. Yeah. 
yeah so uh, okay anyways uh thanks again for watching guys hope you guys enjoyed it. i love talking knives thanks to chris for coming on as always uh love you guys products uh tj clover thanks for, for always coming out and hanging out with us again guys we will uh i think we're gonna be talking shotguns i know that's giving me a rash clover king fud is going to be in heaven next week uh we're going to talk a little bit about shotguns and and, and I, I might need like ointment on for rashes after that talk next week but uh we'll have fun but i think we're going to do shotguns unless something pops up uh, unexpectedly that uh we can get someone that previously wasn't available and might be able to come on don't plan on that we're probably talking shotguns so uh guys thank you so much for watching we'll see you soon simplify